Hey, greetings from the year 3000. It still sucks. This is Phil J. Price, and you're listening to the Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. And many, many others are injured in a tragic, uh, what's being called a mass shooting that occurred in three different locations. Am I still muted? Hmm. You know what? Give me one second. All right, let me know if you guys can hear me now. All right. So basically what I was saying, I'll start over. Um, Can you guys hear me? I was only meeting in the beginning. I just want to double check and make sure I'm still good because I unplugged some stuff and then plugged it back in. All right, everybody's good. All right, thanks. <clears throat> so as I was saying last night, we were covering the Brian Koberger case, and we had some pretty devastating and tragic news of a what's being described as a mass shooting where 22 people at this point have lost their lives. Dozens more are, are injured in a um, careless act that shouldn't have been committed. Uh, there's no room or need for this type of stuff to continue to happen at this point. It's just completely tragic. Uh, person of interest is Robert Card. This is a picture of who he is, and this is a picture of him at the bowling alley at one of the three locations that he was at um, where he uh, committed this heinous crime. And here are some other pictures uh, of Robert. Um, apparently, let's... Let's find out a little bit more about who this person is. Now, he was born April 4th, 1983, and his last known address was 941 Meadow Road in Bowdoin, Maine. A police bulletin described Card as a firearms instructor believed to have been in the Army Reserve and assigned to a training facility in Seiko, Maine. Uh, Sources have also told ABC News uh, said Card has had a mental health history, including a two-week stay this past summer at a mental health facility where he reported hearing voices and made threats to shoot up the National Guard facility 
in Maine. So there were some signs there. There were signs. And, and apparently he had just gotten out of the military just a few months ago. Uh, I saw a, um, a post that was going around on Facebook where he was, um, it was one on his picture. I believe it was the one where he's carrying the fish and somebody is commenting to him. And he said that he had just finished his 20 year service. And this is the uh, most recent update in the case. This is from uh, CNN. It states that seven minutes ago, uh, Lewiston Bowling Alley said that they're devastated for their community staff and they have lost some amazing people in Wednesday night's mass shooting. Uh, none of this seems real, but unfortunately it is. Just in time, recre uh, Recreation wrote on their Facebook page, we are devastated for our community and our staff. We have lost some amazing and wholehearted people from our bowling family and community last night. There are no words to fix this or make it better. We pray for everyone who has been affected by this horrific tragedy. We love you all and hold you close in our hearts. Yeah, this is, um, it is, it's insane. You know, I don't, you know, words escape me at this point, you know, when, when this continues to happen, you know, we have had time after time after time where multiple people are hurt or our lives are taken in a, in a senseless manner. And, you know, I know there's more than, you know, just one problem and this isn't going to be a one fixed solution, but when are they going to start working on some of these solutions? You know, when is mental health going to be a bigger priority, you know, for our government and for our, our communities to, you know, focus in on, before these things get to this point, you know, we're on the, well, let's be honest, we're probably on the brink of another, you know, war or something with everything that's going on in Israel, Ukraine, and Russia. That's going to bring in a whole new, if that ends up happening, that's going to bring in a whole new set of persons that are going to go out and see some traumatic things and have their own mental health issues in the future. So this is just an ever ending cycle. And it's just unfortunate. And I just don't understand, you know, with this planet as supposedly as civilized as we are, how there's just so much conflict in this manner and devastation to this degree across the globe. And but when you focus in on just our country in its own, I mean, you know, the stats don't lie. I think that the United States has more of these type of shootings than anywhere else. I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, look at the news. I mean, it's it's every day. Every day. Um, how can we turn to mental health professionals They encourage people to leave? I mean, that's... Mm, I'm not disagreeing with that or agreeing with that, but I do think that there needs to be, um, you know, I, I just think that we need to be grounded in, in, in certain things. And when it comes to, you know, hearing voices and having these delusions of, of shooting up a national guard facility, like there needs to be some more done in that situation. You have a trained 20-year uh, veteran of the military who's proficient in these weapons 
who's probably seen combat, who has training in clearing out a building and all these things. And yet, I don't know, I think he should have been like the number one guy to get help. And I'm not saying like put him away or do any of those things. I'm talking about help, you know, where a psychological help, somebody to talk to. And I, and I understand there's a question there, you know, can you trust your therapist? Can you not, you know, half of the country is, <clears throat> it doesn't, half it does. And, and, you know, I get it. I get it. Um, but you got to find somebody that you can trust. You know, I got into a, not into an argument, but I got into a little bit of a debate with somebody um, over the fact that in the Brian Koberger case, there's some officers who have done some stuff in their past, the Brady Giglio stuff. And I was referring to, you know, there's a question marking with one of the officers from Idaho State Police. And I was asking about the, you know, how much does this person have involved in that case for them to affect the case? And somebody I put that I, I don't look at what cops do, you know, if they end up, um, you know, trying to frame somebody, that there's a long history of that. And I was like, yeah, there's there's a long history of bad acts in, in every profession, in every job, and just in humanity. And so what I said was, just because one person, you know, commits something bad doesn't mean that the other people in the community commit something bad. So if there's a mental professor or, or a professional that you don't like or trust, move on to one that you do, but get the help that you need. You know, if if nobody's saying to go to a mental health professional, that's doesn't align with your ideological ideology or your views or your political views or or any of those things i move to the next one there there's a lot in a lot of different places but the the thing is we do need to get some mental health um that need the help we need to get that help going in the right direction uh, let's see but it is a it's, a, it's a comment and it's a concern and I understand that. So, but I'm sure there is some mental health professional that, that will help and, and it will help those that if they're, you know, if somebody is having those problems, they should seek out help and find the help that they can relate to best. So another major, you know, recent update, oh, we have two new updates. Let's see what they are. Active scene, continued in search of a person and interest in Lewiston shooting. Uh, Lisbon police chief says the search for the person of interest is still actively underway and in the neighboring community of Lisbon, uh, where the town's police chief says, please reach out to see if you see anything suspicious. If something isn't right, Chief Brian McGee told reporters Thursday morning, if you look out of your yard and you're like, that door wasn't open or that trailer wasn't positioned that way. If you see anything suspicious, please call. Uh, McGee's officers have been chasing leads throughout the night and morning. He said, we have everything from police, from people calling out, you know, noises in the basements, noises in the woods, suspicious people, gunshots all night long since the incident in Lewiston. A vehicle of interest was found in Lisbon. Uh, law enforcement said Lewiston police said that they were searching for the vehicle and posted an image of what appeared to be a small white SUV with the front bumper believed to be painted black. Maine State Police confirmed to CNN that the image of the suspect's car, although these leads may not yet result in police finding card, McGee said everyone who has concerns about, uh, about what they should call police right away. 
All right, let's go look at the map real quick. Let's see where all this is at. All right, interesting. So this is where, this is Maine, obviously. And these spots right here in, in the middle kind of collective, these are the locations of where Robert Card had started his, his assault. It appears that it started first off at spare time recreation. Uh, this is a bowling alley. And um, it appears he started off here and then ended at, or next spot was um, Schmingi's Bar, Grill and Restaurant. Then he continued south to the Walmart Distribution Center. And apparently his vehicle was found here in Lisbon. Which I need to figure out exactly where. And this is where he his last known address is. So, kind of point this out. This kind of looks like where he's heading, in my opinion. Kind of looks like he's going home. So this seems to be, um, my opinion, where he might be headed. Uh, if he's out on foot in this area, there's a river pretty close by that you can follow. You know, that wouldn't really take him home. And the other thing is, too, this guy has army training. And so being out in the wilderness may not be something that he is uh, a stranger to. Let's take a look at, at his house. Well, if it goes, there it goes. So that's his residence. So he, he, he can be coming in from that area back there. It looks pretty. There's a lot of tree coverage there. Look at that. If, if he's good at navigating and you know, able to survive, and, and this is Maine, so right now in October, late October, uh, I'm fairly positive it's pretty cold out there. This is a good question. If he was threatened to shoot the National Guard, why wasn't he arrested for terrorist threat? That's a good question. You know, at the, at the very least, you know, contain him. And um, even if he gets arrested and he goes to prison, there are mental health physicians there that could help him in, in prison as well. But, yeah, that's a good question. That should have been answered for sure. Ray Ray says, I don't think they're going to find him alive. 
I don't think so either. I mean, if he's heading home, you know, that's not a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's not an exit plan that you think you're just going to go home and live the rest of your life having committed this crime. You know, the, if, if that ends up being the case and that is what he's doing, he's heading home, then, uh, I, I, I don't know if this is going to end, you know, with him going to jail. It's warm here today. Seventies. Wow. What about at night? Huh? I'm, I'm going to look at the forecast real quick. Let's look at that. Man, the the low is only 51 degrees. I mean, that's not, that is not, um, what do you call it? Um, That's not too bad. Come Sunday, though, uh, you got some rain, low 43. Monday, there's a cold front kicking in there. So how far is this spot? Let's measure this out. Go to measure. It's about seven miles, a little bit shy of seven miles from, you know, as the crow flies. So, you know, about seven miles away, that's doable. I mean, you can do that in a day pretty easy. If he, if he was, you know, this happened last night. And even if you're walking at a good pace of like, two miles an hour. I mean, that's slow. If you're walking at a slow pace of two miles an hour, it's a 12, 12 hour walk, you know, pick it up a little bit, you know, six miles, isn't something that someone can't jog. You know, I've certainly jogged more than six miles before in my life. Uh, I couldn't do it now and I'm not 40 yet. So I don't know about it (laughs) to be honest with you, but you know, he might be in a lot more better physical condition than I am. (laughs) Excuse me. W. Smith says, I'm sure his house is under heavy surveillance. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm not saying that he's thinking it's a, um, he's just going to walk in the front door and everything's going to be hunk-a-dory. I think that there might be a a plan at the end of this when he gets home. And, you know, it may not be by, it may not be by his own hand, you know, forcing somebody else to do something. could be the what ends up being the outcome here if he's actually going home i don't know where he's going it just kind of seems that that's the path he's going from i don't know if he was coming up from somewhere north if something happened but it, it, it surely does seem that he came down south and was heading towards his house <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. So I I strongly think that there's a good chance that he's heading home. 
let's look at the um yeah look at this you I mean if he could i don't know where in in lisbon that where his vehicle was found i'm gonna try to find that out here pretty soon um but look at that there's a river right here that he could follow you know and i'm sure if he's if he's lived in this area long and maybe he's done some trails and things of that nature he's probably aware of this little river that you could follow and then you have this little what looks like maze and and then you it's a straight shot to his property through this wooded area people don't say it's planned it's a planned government distraction. Well, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's that, but I wonder if it was planned by him. And if so, if, if he went and planned this out um, extensively, right? And like this wasn't something in the moment, uh, then I mean, he could be anywhere. He may have, which I mean, it does, would make, no, I mean, he, he's got training, right? So he would know to be in and out pretty quick. So that way he doesn't get captured or um, caught in one place. And then when you look at the sporadicness of the uh, location of how far apart they are, um, that would also, you know, you'd have a lot of officers going to this direction up here for spare time and assessing that in, that issue while you're, you know, on the opposite side of town committing two massacres over here, two more shootings. That seems strategic to me now that I think about it. That's a good, good, good comment there. So I can think about this. It does seem strategic. And if his vehicle was just left here, maybe he has another one that was parked here. And if that's the case, I mean, he could be anywhere. Or this is the other place where he could be heading the Army Reserve Center. It's further south. This is the place that he was threatening to shoot up. That could be the next location. And I'm not sure if, if Lisbon would be the route. Let me put a marker on that so you guys can see where that is at. All right, so this looks more like going to his, his home, but there is the Army uh, Reserve Center that is further south. Could, could he be trying to go that direction, leaving his car here to give the illusion he's heading home? Kind of another misdirection. Hmm. That'd be, that'd be concerning. What do you guys think? The vehicle is found near Route 196 and Frost Hill Road, both ramp. Thank you. Appreciate that.
Okay. So further a little bit off than where I man, heading towards us. That still seems like if that's the case, it appears he's heading home still. But like I said, I think, I mean, if, if this was some sort of strategic plan, right, and he put something into effect, it, it would make sense by attacking this spot up here north and leaving quickly to the opposite side of town, knowing that law enforcement, first responders, uh, you know, paramedics, the whole nine yards are going to be over here congesting this area. And then you attack the south side of town with, I guess, less worry of getting caught. And then you flee, dump your vehicle somewhere around here and, and pick up another one. Make it appear as if you're, um, you know, heading home. And then just cut down south to the Army Reserve Center. I mean, that's a lot to attack the Army Reserve Center, in my opinion, now that I think about that. And this is too far north. Like, I don't, I don't know. Unless he's, his assumption is that they're going to deploy the Army Reserve in this area to assist. And then he attacks this area while it's less manned. I mean, maybe that's the thought. That's a lot of thinking. That's a lot of planning. I mean, you're probably not going to survive this. This isn't a, I mean, it's not that big or anything. So if they did deploy a unit out there, this would be probably very unprotected. I don't even know if this is the right center, to be honest with you. This is what shows up, though. And he's hiding in some forest somewhere. I, I believe that's the case, too. <clears throat> this guy is, and you know, we saw the, the manhunt for Daniel Cavalcante and how long that took. And that guy was not a trained, you know, survivalist, to, to my knowledge. Uh, this guy here, Card, 20-year veteran, has um, you know experience in combat. That's a different story. And in, when temperatures are favorable for the area, a lot of brush, a lot of a lot of places to hide. You have a river here for sources of water. He's probably, I'm just assuming here, but probably has some MREs, things of that nature, high calorie food that can allow him to be out there for a long period of time and not have to carry things that are too heavy. 
And so I would, you know, me initially, I would probably search around the rivers. And then if, if his, if his vehicle was indeed found this far South, I would suspect that he's, um, I would follow this river, see if there's any, any, um, or this path right here, see if there's any indication of somebody that it's been in that area. It's not that far. It's a six mile, it's six miles from here, from this area where his vehicle was found. It's five miles. That's, that's nothing. Five on the dot. Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> He's long gone in a decoy car that was most likely waiting at launch. He left his Subaru and definitely got into another vehicle. I think that's highly possible. That's highly possible. But where, what's what's the end game? Where where would he be going? What what's the reason? <clears throat> we know that he had threatened in the Army National Guard or the Army Reserve Center out of um, I don't know. Yeah, out of uh, Seiko, Maine, and that was done over the over the summer. Is it possible that's where he's heading? I don't know. Exactly, one hundred percent. That terrain, somebody trained to survive, one hundred percent. This is true. There was reports of gunfire throughout the night. That's one hundred percent true. He may have already. Right, James, I'm not saying that they're going to go in there and do some sort of combat or any of those things. What I'm saying is um, they may deploy a unit out there to assist, whether it's traffic, whether it's location, whether it's any of those type of things. It's not that far. And if so, then that uh, that station there wouldn't be as manned, not necessarily as guarded, but manned. There wouldn't be as many people there on at that location during that time. And if there's a specific person, maybe of higher rank, that he's upset about that wouldn't have been deployed to this, then maybe that's the goal. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. <clears throat> we do have, let me unmute this. Wait. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to hear that. Let me do this again so i'm not sure if i put the audio on it now i know it's working all right this is a witness from um <clears throat> i believe the uh the bowling alley who saw what had occurred and out of nowhere he just came in and there was a loud pop 
thought it was a balloon. I had my back turned to the door. Um, and as soon as I turned and saw that it was not a balloon, he was holding a weapon, I just booked it um, down the lane and I slid basically into where the pins are and climbed up in the machine and was on top of the machines for about 10 minutes until the cops got there. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I don't think you're supposed to see that in real life. Over 10, where at least I knew they were shots. And then when I got on top of the bowling machine, it was a lot of ruckus back there. So I don't really know from that, but I heard the first one, it was probably 15 feet behind me. I mean, it was close, very close. Um, I just went there, you know, just to bowl by myself and yeah, I wasn't even there 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yeah, I just walked in the place. I, yeah, I was putting on my bowling shoes when I <laughs> when it started. So, I've been barefoot for five hours. That's just unfortunate. And he's right. You know, nobody should have to see that or go through this. And people just going out bowling in a small community. You know, I, I think... I think I saw somewhere that it was like the largest or one of the largest cities there, but it's only 44,000 people. That's not a very large community. And it's just unfortunate to the extreme. It's sad. It's horrific. It's, there's no words I can describe. Uh, let's see. We'll go through some of your questions and stuff. Uh, you know what? Let me see if there's any updates real quick. Law enforcement officers are gathering in Lewiston, Maine on October 26th. Some military personnel that have already been dispatched in Pierce. Um, <clears throat> authorities are searching uh, Lisbon following the mass shooting Thursday in a neighboring city. Of Lewiston, the town's police chief said, Please reach out if you see something suspicious or something isn't right. Reports Thursday morning, as well as described the situation as one as an active scene. If you look out in your yard and you're like, That door wasn't open, that trailer wasn't positioned that way, you see anything suspicious, please call us. Unreal. That's um. I mean, the, the whole thing is still horrific. But I mean, to have, you know, no children. If that's true, that's that's good. Press conference in half an hour. It's the second largest and also high crime relative to our state. Yeah. <clears throat> my bad, guys. My, my stream yard's been acting up. I Sometimes I can pull up comments, and there it goes. I actually clicked on that like freaking 40 seconds ago, and, and sometimes it won't work. Let's see.
Oh, thank you. I wasn't sure. Saku, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Oh, so it's it's just horrific. <clears throat> Main, uh, Maine Governor Janet Mills will join state and local public safety officials in listing a new conference Thursday morning in the wake of the two shootings that killed at least 16 people Wednesday night. From what I understand, that that's total has gone up to 22. Authorities say that the shooting started just before 7 p.m. 7 p.m. at Schmingi's Bar and Grill and Spare Time Recreation, a bowling alley. School districts canceled classes and authorities warned residents in and around Lewiston to stay inside and lock their doors as investigators launched a massive search for Robert Card, 40, who police identified as a person of interest in the in the Wednesday rampage. Card is considered armed and dangerous, police say. A vehicle believed to have been driven by Card was found overnight in Lisbon, about eight miles away from Lewiston, according to Maine Police Department Public Safety Commissioner Mike Sauskutch. Uh, the shelter-in-place order has been extended to the town of Bowdoin and Lisbon, while Lewiston is and its twin city, Auburn, remain under lockdown Thursday. White House President Joe Biden has been debriefed on what and what's known so far on the mass shooting and will continue to receive updates. President spoke by phone individually to Maine Governor Janet Mills, Senators Angus King and Susan Collins and Congressman Jared Golden about the shooting in Lewiston, Maine and offered full federal support in the wake of this horrific attack, the White House said in a statement. You can watch the press conference below or on USA Today's YouTube page. It is scheduled to begin at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Wow, so in about 19 minutes. Good deal. There it is. <clears throat> Twenty-seven. I had to look that up. Undoubted. I mean, a lot of folks had their, you know, a lot of folks had injuries. You know, some people may not succumb to those injuries right away. Some succumb later on. So, at this point, I think it's been confirmed twenty-two, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does end up going higher based on. You know, uh, the description of what went on. Um, I'm not sure. Everything I'm seeing says 16, 22. Let me just put this. No, 
none yet as far as that many. 22 is the last that I had heard. That's funny, easily distracted. That's true. Uh, Jay Turkey says, I don't think it's a matter uh, for him where he's going as long as it's not in custody. If he's committed a mass shooting like this, he probably has no problem taking his own or getting into a shootout. That's 100% true. Uh, there it goes. W. Smith, I like that comment. Yeah, numbers will rise according to friends who are nurses in the Lewiston area. That is sad. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's at 10.30 Eastern, so it starts in about 15 minutes, give or take. We'll hang out here until then. Unless I hear a baby crying, and then I got to run off. <laughs> hmm. 22 was the number, but they were transporting at least four people via uh, Meadow Hello at that time. Those four had be very serious. This is a good question. Do we know if they found the weapon? I don't think so. I don't think so. I swearly. I don't, I'm not sure, but I don't think so. It hasn't been stated that they have. It's a good question. Why is he still a person of interest? Why won't they call him a suspect? <clears throat> I don't know. That's a very good question. I mean, if you have evidence to believe this is the guy and you have enough information on the guy to say he's a person of interest publicly like this, given the time frame that this has occurred, uh, I don't understand. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, geez. Over police scanner dispatcher said that info obtained was he was going to the mixture and replied it's closed and never opened. Huh, the mixture. Gotcha, 20. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of numbers that have been going all over the place. The one number that I see that seems to be consistent is 16, but I know that it's been reported in other places from other uh, from news sources that are close in Maine. Um, I'd found one earlier and it was um, 22 and that was from a news station um, in the area, not from one of these major publicational places that are a little bit further away.
Yeah, probably uh, Stacy. I agree with that. And send him to a proven guilty when we know we did it. He did it. Interesting. J.R. Fallon says there's another Army Reserve located further south in South Portland. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is. What's the mix here? Ah, it's too far. That's in Kentucky. I don't think he's going there. Worth a shot. Just seeing if it was a bit of building. MSM reported this morning that four additional passes on the way to the hospital bring in the total of 26 people. Who knows, though? Is another club? And it sounds like it. About 11 minutes away from this press conference. Um, also, the Waterville Armory in Waterville, Maine. Maine is such a rural territory, and we know he ditched the car. <clears throat> if he's trained, he is probably deep in the woods. Yeah, it sounds like he's very well trained. I think he was also a firearms instructor. So that would mean that his accuracy and his ability to handle a weapon is elite, more than likely. And... Um, those are some pretty dangerous combinations, you know, somebody with mental health issues um, who's obviously taking the lives of many at this point and out on the loose in a rural area, highly trained. I mean, and who knows how armed he could be. You know, we saw the, the images. It appeared that his pockets were full. It appeared that he had maybe even something in his in his um, sweater jacket. And who knows how many other weapons could have been in, left in the vehicle when he did his rampage in, in efforts to protect himself. You know, like I said, I don't know how well planned <clears throat> this was, if this was something out of the spare of the moment or if this was something that he was like, hey, um, you know, planned it, you know, to a T. And there's something, you know, you know, uh, an end game to this. Right. And if he went to plan this out. You know, to the to the extent of parking a possible other vehicle out there in Lewiston or or any of those things, then you know I think there's a good chance that um, he could be heavily armed. Now, the other thing is too. Let's go back to the map. You know, in Lisbon, where his vehicle was dumped, or maybe perhaps. By the time he dumped his vehicle, was there a perimeter being placed somewhere out here that he had seen that he was like, all right, well, I can't go any further. You know, they've already have cops in this local area blocking off a certain area looking for a specific person. 
time to ditch the car. And if that ended up being the case, it was time to ditch the car because of, you know, maybe something he saw in the distance lights or whatever the case may have been, then it, then, then it's not so planned to this point, right? You know, at this point, it's all improv and um, that's still pretty dangerous. I did not see the fresh presser. I'm going to try to find that. I wasn't, last night we were talking about the Brian Koberger case with um, the Thought Riot podcast. And this came up, popped up, and we're trying to go back and forth a little bit. Um, really? We know nothing? That's a, that's a pretty good possibility. Mm. Mixer is a club. Huh. Interesting. And Satibus, Maine. All right, you know what? Let me let me look up where that is at. Hmm. That'd be weird. I'd be going back north if, if, if that was where he was heading towards. So this is where his vehicle, which it's not right here. This is where the city of Lisbon is. The boat dock and the road they were referring to is right here, I believe. Yeah, right here. So I think this is where they found his vehicle. So he would have had to have gone back north. I'm going to mark this real quick. So a bar and grill, another bar, a Walmart distribution center, and a recreation center. For bowling. Hmm. I don't know if there's any. I don't know. But if that's the case, then then he would have been heading back north. All right, so just to kind of get an idea of where everything is at. Let me move this.
I'm gonna move this down here to where this car was found. Uh, let's take the big picture look now. So if his vehicle was found here and they were suspicious of him going there, but it was closed, do they think that he went there second, third, maybe first? They were closed. Let's see, last night was what, Wednesday night? Interesting. Oh, geez. That's scary to know that that may have been a place of interest. Ah, there you go. So the mixer is only open Thursday through Saturday. So they're closed on Wednesdays. And there was some sort of indication that maybe perhaps that was the first place that he went to. And then... Then he went up to the spare time recreation. And then down to the uh, bar and grill and restaurant. So these are social places. All right. These are all social places. The Walmart distribution center. Uh, that one kind of sticks out as the odd one. Why would he go there? Did he work there? Do you know somebody that works there? Why hit recreational spots and then a Walmart? Let's see. Understandable Maine currently has the most lax gun laws. No red flag laws, only yellow from the FBI agent on the news. Interesting. How's it going? How's it going? Uh, on the mid coast of Maine. Scary, scary stuff to be out there and having this stuff be going on. And somebody's still at large. The perimeter didn't get set up until they found the car. So this guy's like several steps ahead of law enforcement right now. Lock your doors. First presser was no info. Turn this up. It seems like they're about to get ready. There's nothing going on yet, but I'll keep this on. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm saying them wrong, please, please um, throw them in the live chat so I can say them correctly. Could he have gone to Canada? That's possible. 
But I mean, here, here's the thing. He's having hallucinations. He's having these mental issues. I don't know if the if the plan is to go commit a mass shooting and then get away with it, flee to Canada and, and live your life out normal. Um, I think there's something more nefarious to this. Where did he work? Well, I knew he just recently re retired from the uh, army. I believe he was a twenty-year veteran. Now I don't know if he was army reserve, army, you know, um, active duty. Uh, what part of or how far in the army he was at that point? Was he um, partially disabled? Things of that nature. I, I don't know yet, but we'll, we'll find those things out as this continues. I believe his Facebook said that he was single. He's, but I'll I'll have to go and look at that picture up again. I mean, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it says here. No, I don't think it's 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 on anymore, uh, or it's up anymore. But it says he uh, he lived in Bowdoin Center, Maine, or lives in Bowdoin Center, Maine, from Bodine Center, Maine, and is single. So, and you know, doesn't have a wife. I'm not sure about the whole kid situation if he has any or not. Who was the guy they arrested last? I have no idea. I think that was just some kind of troll and um, that put out there that this person was arrested and put a video of somebody else being arrested, uh, which is just classless, to be honest with you. I mean, you have a, a really big crime that's going on, an active person out there. Somebody sees that from the neighborhood or from the area where this crime had been committed and thinks that, you know, gets this false sense of security or thinking that they're safe to leave their home. And it's not right. It's not right to do those type of things. I understand that some people, you know, they want to, for whatever reason, troll or get a laugh or whatever the case may be. But they just don't understand the severity of their actions and what could possibly uh, come out of it. It's all wooded everywhere. He could be anywhere. True story. Maybe early on he was headed to the mixer. It was closed, so he chose another other locations. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking is that he, if that is true, what they said on the uh, the um, the police radio, I, I personally haven't heard it myself, so I can't say whether or not it is. But if it ends up being true, then uh, I think that's that's a good good likelihood. But. He, he chose 
he, he hit three different locations that we're aware of and potentially it's going you know attempted a fourth you know was the intention always multiple spots or was it just that one spot and since it was closed as you mentioned uh turned it into multiple places it's possible where are all the div digital evidence from the locos I mean, it's pretty rural out there. I mean, I'm going to have this playing in the background, so we'll be able to hear if they go, if somebody starts talking. All right, so this is the uh, recreational place, the uh, bowling you might have some cameras and stuff like that from out in this area, but it's not a residential area to have any digital evidence or like ring footage. The only place I think you might find that at. I mean, if somebody has cameras out here, you might see something. Is over here where the boat? Maybe I don't know if there's any. Yeah. I appear like there's any cameras or anything out here either. Now look at how dense those woods are. And if we back up a little bit, let's just say he's on foot from here. I mean, he can walk through these woods. For a while. You know, this guy isn't like Daniel Cavalcante who was walking down the middle of the street. I think this guy's a little bit a little bit more trained than that and is able to survive out here in the uh in the, in the brush so i think that's why we're not seeing any of him walking and the other thing could be also that he may have dumped a vehicle for another car if he did that if he parked a vehicle here and came here specifically to to get into a secondary vehicle then that definitely did take some extra planning None yet. But why would you park it here? Let's just say that's not the case. Let's say he didn't. Oh, there's a trail right here. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? But you'd be heading into this area of town. Maybe there was a, I don't know. Yeah, I seem to be, I think it'd be kind of obvious though. If you were like an officer or something, you were parked out, I don't know, anywhere here and you saw headlights come and then do a U-turn and go park somewhere else. It's pretty, 
suspicious, right? But I don't know. And you have a walking trail that goes pretty far. I don't know. He has two wives and five children. Wow. Two ex-wives. So that's possible. I mean, I, it says he's single. So, you know, being divorced, that, that would define that there. And I couldn't see what his children, uh, that he had kids or not from the screenshot that I had. The mixer info was floating around before they found his vehicle. Yeah, I was able to see, um, I saw a news art, uh, station confirm that it was that the Walmart distribution center had been hit. But I'm going to double check now that you ask. You know, I saw it somewhere that it was, but I'm not finding it. Maybe I saw it on Twitter. If it's on Twitter, then uh, it may not be 100%. But you might be right there about was the Walmart distribution center confirmed? Cause this doesn't say anything about that. It just talks about the bar and grill and the uh, bowling alley. No, I saw it. I saw it because that's where I got the address for it on, on the news. I'll find it, though. As usual, the uh, press conferences are a little bit behind. I thought law, law enforcement was set up at the Walmart distribution center. Almost said there were no casualties there last time. Interesting. Of course. Possible. Where does the river lead? Could be in boat moving up to Canada. I am thinking about that. Let's, let's go back and look at that. Yeah, it, it does. You, you could travel up the river. Ish.
Oh man, I was hoping you could see how how deep it was right here. I, I don't know. I, I think they travel the other direction, which if they went the other direction, you can get out of there. Into the ocean. You can head up to Augusta through this river here. This is the Quebec River. And that will take you to. Thank you for being here. You may know it's working through the night. As you all know, uh, last night, Locals, county, state, and federal law enforcement officers from around the state of Maine responded to reports of an active shooter at several locations in Lewiston, including Spare Time Recreation and Schmanguis Bar and Grill. These law enforcement officers, in the face of danger, responded swiftly, selflessly, and with great bravery. Bravery that they continue to demonstrate today as they search tirelessly for a person of interest in connection with Valentine's events. On behalf of all Maine people, I express my deep gratitude for your response and for your continued service. I also do so for Maine's hospitals and other medical emergency responses, responders. I'm profoundly saddened to stand before you today to report that 18 people lost their lives, and 13 people injured in last night's attacks. In memory of those we lost, and in honor of those who were injured, President Biden and I have ordered all US flags and state of Maine flags to be lowered to half staff immediately for the next five days. Maine State Police have issued a shelter-in-place order for Lewiston, Lisbon, and Bowdoin as the manhunt for that person of interest, Robert Card of Bowdoin, continues. I will let law enforcement speak to the ongoing manhunt and to their investigation, but Mr. Card is considered armed and dangerous, and police advise that Maine people should not approach him under any circumstances. I continue to strongly urge Maine people to follow the direction of state and local law enforcement amid this ever-changing situation. Please, if you see anything suspicious, please call 911. There are still many things we don't yet know about these attacks. <laughs> But the full weight of my administration is behind law enforcement's efforts to capture the person of interest, Robert Carr, to hold whoever is responsible for this atrocity accountable 
under the full force of state and federal law and to seek full justice for the victims and their families. We are, we cannot, and we will not rest in this endeavor. My administration is coordinating closely with local, regional, and federal officials to respond to this shooting. I have spoken twice with President Biden. I've spoken with Vice President Harris, Secretary of Homeland Security in my office, and Secretary of Health and Human Services, Sarah, all of whom have called me last night to express the Biden administration's full and unwavering support and to offer any and all help that we, people of Maine, might, might require. The governors of our neighboring New England states and of other states have contacted me to offer aid, and I am sincerely grateful for their friendship and support. We've been in touch with every member of the Maine congressional delegation, all of whom have offered their full support, for which I am also grateful. <clears throat> I also spoke with Mayor Carl Shaleen and Auburn Mayor uh, excuse me, Jason Rebeck last night to re reiterate that we are standing by them and that we are ready to provide any help people in these communities need and to deploy all available state resources, including grief counselors and other mental health services. We need to help our communities heal. If you or a person you love need someone to talk to during this difficult time, please call or text 988 for free and confidential counseling. 988. Look, Lewiston is a special place. It's a close-knit community with a long history of hard work, of persistence, of faith, of opening its big heart to people Lewiston is where I worked for years. It's where I met and married my husband and where our girls went to school. I love this place just as I love the whole state through my entire heart. I'm so deeply saddened, as is every one of the 1.3 million people of this beautiful state. This city did not deserve this terrible assault on its citizens, on its peace of mind, <clears throat> On its sense of security. No city does, no state, no people. No words can truly or fully measure the grief of many people today. Our small state of just 1.3 million people has long been known as one of the safest states in the nation. This attack strikes at the very heart of who we are and the values we hold dear for this precious place we call home. All Maine people are sharing in the sorrow of the families who lost loved ones last night. <clears throat> loved ones, normal people who were killed or injured while unwinding from a day of work or while spending time with family and friends, socializing. So on behalf of the 1.3 million people of the whole state of Maine, I hold these families and this city in my heart today. 
I know that the people of Lewiston are enduring immeasurable pain. I wish I could take that pain off your hearts, off your shoulders, but I promise you this, we will all help you carry that grief. I ask many people to join me in offering our comfort to the families and friends who have lost someone and in offering our prayers for swift recovery for those who are healing in women's hospitals today. This is a dark day for many. I know it's hard for us to think about healing when our hearts are broken. But I want every person in Maine to know we will heal together. We are strong. We are resilient. We are a very caring people. In the days and weeks ahead, we will need to lean on those qualities more than ever before. As we move forward, struggling as we may, let us wrap our arms around one another, offer comfort, and solace and love. I know the Maine State Police will continue to release information to the public as we confirm it and information about any steps that the public might take to support the people of Lewiston at this time. May God bless the people of Lewiston and bless the memories of those who have lost. Thank you. I'm going to turn it over to Commissioner Sasha. Thank you very much, Governor. Uh, we certainly appreciate your support. The city of Lewiston does, uh, the state of Maine, and certainly our first responders. We feel that uh, love uh, every day, uh, and thank you very much for that. I, I would also say that we want to say thank you to a really large number of other elected officials across our state, whether that's uh, the federal delegation, uh, local elected officials, uh, and many others uh, that are part of organizations or law enforcement agencies uh, that truly wanted to join us uh, today at this particular press event uh, and wanted to speak on behalf of their communities. Uh, and as the governor had mentioned and uh, everybody else will reiterate, uh, our reality for today is that this, this suspect is still at large. And we want to provide uh, community support uh, for the victims, for the families, uh, in the communities uh, across the state. Uh, but we also have an incredibly strong laser-like focus on bringing this suspect into custody and ultimately to justice. So because of that mission for this particular event and today's activities, uh, we're keeping uh, the list of speakers and the agenda pretty tight. Uh, and that will include uh, next uh, up at the podium would be uh, Chief Dave St. Pierre uh, from the city of Lewiston uh, and some other members of his command staff are present. Uh, what I will say to the city of Lewiston, and you know this because you feel it every day, uh, but you're lucky to have uh, a chief like uh, Chief uh, St. Pierre and his entire law enforcement agency uh, from every level of those officers uh, put their heart and their soul on the line on behalf of their community uh, last night and into today. And they're doing it for the right reasons. They do it because they care. Uh, so the city of Lewiston and truly our co-responder family across the state of Maine is lucky uh, to have Dave and his team uh, in the mix uh, with us. Uh, and we're also going to hear from Colonel William Ross from the Maine State Police. Uh, and Bill will highlight some of the timeline uh, things that you're probably uh, uh, concerned about and certainly interested in from a story perspective. Uh, so the Colonel will come up and speak to that. Uh, 
And we'll also have uh, Jody Cohen. And Jody is the special agent in charge for the FBI out of the Boston field office. Uh, and Jody will highlight some of those federal partnerships and some of the things that our federal partners are bringing to the table, bringing to bear to help us uh, with this investigation. Uh, we also have a bunch of people here. Uh, once you start naming people, you're going to have a problem because you're going to forget somebody or screw something up. But uh, I would also tell you that a couple of our other federal partners are here. Uh, Kevin Neal, uh, who's the U.S. Marshal for the District of Maine. We also have James Ferguson. Uh, and Jim is the special agent in charge from the ATF uh, for the Boston Field Division. Uh, they are heavily invested with staff uh, along with the FBI, uh, and we can't thank them enough uh, for all that they're doing on behalf of our state. I would also tell you that uh, we are going to close with a, a brief Q&A, uh, and we're going to try to get some of those questions out there. We appreciate your time, your patience, your professionalism, your partnership, and getting this information out. Uh, I would think that those questions are going to be brief, because uh, again, we do have a suspect at large. And while you can help us with that, we also need to get back to our team to push forward on that. So with that in mind, uh, I will be back up to the podium to kind of steer that a little bit. Uh, but for starters, I would like to have Chief St. Pierre join us. Thank you. Thank you, Director Sashuk, um, and welcome media, media partners. Uh, and thank you, Governor Mills, for those kind words. Uh, I'm gonna keep this short. Um, what I would like the very most is to express our deepest sympathies to the families and friends of the victims in, of this heinous crime. This is truly a, tra a tragedy that goes beyond comprehension. I'm confident in our community that our community has and will continue to come together throughout this endeavor to bring this to a successful conclusion. Although difficult, I do ask the public to continue to be mindful of their own personal safety and also that they be patient with the process as much as possible. There is extensive work and attention to detail that goes into such a large scale investigation. I'm confident in the expertise and professionalism of our investigators and all law enforcement officials that are currently involved. This is an all hands on deck approach. We have a great deal of collaboration and resources that have been made available to us. There are far too many to name individually, uh, but I think there are, Director Sasha uh, named quite a few appropriately. Um, there are far too many, as I've stated, but they are all appreciated more than you know. I want to thank all of our brave men and women of the Lewiston Police Department, Fire Department staff, medical personnel, first responders of any kind that have gone, that came from far and wide and have come together and continue to work tirelessly in bringing the situation to an end. We hope to locate and hold the person accountable. Um, I think you'll hear next from uh, the state police who is uh, taking the lead in this investigation, although that we are working hand in hand with them, I think. Uh, Colonel Ross will be able to fill you in a little bit more. Thank you, Chief. Um, first and foremost, this is an ongoing homicide investigation and search for the person that is responsible for it. We're in the early stages of this investigation. And uh, I just want to let you know we will have updates. We'll be putting some type of a schedule out uh, later on. But again, early stages of a homicide investigation, we want to be careful that we're doing things correctly. We want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, I'm going to give you a, a bit of a timeline here to kind of fill in some of the blanks and give you some of the facts as we know them right now. Um, a lot of this information will then be transferred to the Attorney General's office as they will be the lead prosecutor, uh, again, in any homicide investigation. Last night, uh, October 25th at approximately 6.56 p.m., 
the Auburn Communications Center received a 911 call of a male shooting in just in time or the spare time um, recreation center uh, in the town of Lewiston, located at 24 Mollison Way in Lewiston. Shortly after that, at about 7.08 p.m., the Communications Center received multiple 911 calls about an active shooter inside of a Schmenji's Billiards at 553 Lincoln Street in the town of Lewiston. A large law enforcement response from multiple surrounding agencies assisted the Lewiston Police Department in trying to identify uh, who this individual was and what was happening. As you can imagine, this was a very fast-paced, uh, fast-moving, very fluid scene, very dangerous scene that these guys and girls were going into. 18 people are now deceased uh, at this time. The victims at the just-in-time establishment, seven people are deceased there, one female and six males, all from an apparent gunshot wound. Victims at the Schmegley's Billiards, eight are deceased. Seven males inside the establishment, one male outside of the establishment. Again, also apparent gunshot wounds. Set multiple people were transferred to area hospitals, Central Maine Medical Center, St. Mary's, and Maine Medical Center. Three people that were transferred to those hospitals uh, are deceased, for a total of 18 people deceased at this time. The investigation uh, into the person responsible for this identified a vehicle located at the Scott boat landing in Lisbon. That person, through the registration of that vehicle, was identified, as been stated earlier, as a Robert Carr, born in 1983. Um, several of the deceased have been identified, and their families next of kin have been notified. Uh, approximately eight people at this point have been identified. Ten people, ten of these victims, still need to be identified at this time. Um, currently, there is an arrest warrant for eight counts of murder for Mr. Card. Um, and the reason it's eight counts because 10 people have not yet been identified. As those people are identified, uh, the counts will probably go to the total of 18. Um, he should be considered armed and dangerous. Based on our investigation, we believe this is someone that should not be approached. This is someone that should be, um, if you come into any contact with this individual or someone that you think looks like this individual,
Let me know if you guys can hear me now. Um, I know that there was an issue with the sound there. Down there. All right, cool. We're we'll trying to shift. There it is. Again, as more information comes in, we'll be providing it to you. Um, thank you for your time. This is a very difficult time for, I think, the, the, the community of Lewiston. Difficult time for, obviously, the, the, the victims' families. And it's a, big, it's a tough time for law enforcement. It was a rough night last night. Um, but uh, we're committed to bringing, the, you know, whoever's responsible this to justice. And, again, we are currently looking for Mr. Card right now, some of what we'd like to apprehend. Thank you. Thank you, Colonel and FBI Special Agent in Charge. Colin, if you could join me, please. Thank you. My name is Jerry Cohen. I'm the Special Agent in Charge of FBI Boston Division, which covers the state of Maine. Our hearts go out to everyone who was impacted as a result of the senseless violence. The FBI is working hand-in-hand -hand with our law enforcement partners. Our evidence returns team is here processing these very extensive scenes. We are providing investigative and tactical support, as well as our victim specialists are working with those affected by this tragedy. As this very active investigation continues to unfold, we're asking the public to stay vigilant and come forward with any information that you might have that you feel is helpful to our investigators. My pledge is that the FBI will carry out this investigative case with rigor. We will work day and night alongside our law enforcement partners to get the answers to the questions this community deserves. We thank the public for your continued cooperation and patience as we continue to work this very active investigation. Appreciate that. And I would say that uh, the reality here from a resource standpoint is that when we've asked for anything, the answer has been yes, period. Uh, tactical teams, evidence response teams, uh, full-blown investigative units, detective units uh, that have come from multiple states, uh, whether it's the commissioners from uh, Vermont to New Hampshire reaching out to me directly, Massachusetts saying, what do you need, Mike? What can we do for the state of Maine? So we are now prepared uh, to try to take a few questions uh, and keep in mind, again, that we may not be able to answer uh, uh, as in-depth as you would like, and uh, we don't plan on uh, taking a great deal of questions. I think follow-up uh, press events will allow for that. Sir? Okay. So I, no one has really talked about the weapon that was used here. Um, they are on trial, so I don't so much to talk about that. But the other thing here is there are reports that this individual had mental health issues, that he made threats to shoot up uh, the National Guard, Clearly, there were some signs here that he was on someone's radar. The question becomes, why was he in possession of this weapon? Uh, and, and certainly, why wasn't he stopped uh, Yeah, I think those are all valid questions, and certainly questions that we are looking into now, uh, but not questions that we can answer uh, today. Uh, considering that this occurred last night, uh, there's still an active search for the suspect in question. Uh, so I appreciate those questions, but uh, not something we're going to be able to answer right now. 
it is certainly uh, one of those things that we want to follow up on, all why, aspects of that. Why so those go ahead and right here. Yes. I'm not sure we have that information with us today. Uh, we wanted to break it down uh, by gender uh, because that's something we had readily available. Uh, we did not break this down into age ranges uh, at all. So what can you tell yes. us, what can you tell us about the background of the suspect in this case, or I should say the person of interest, because I noticed the language is very clear. It's like person of interest, not suspect. So why use that terminology, and what can you tell us about this background? Yeah, I think we used person of interest last night uh, for half of the room that was here for that press event. Uh, as the colonel had mentioned, there is now arrest warrants for murder uh, for this particular individual, Mr. Carr. Uh, so he is viewed as a suspect, and there is a full court press by all of our partners uh, to bring him into custody. What was the second piece of that question? What can you tell us about his background? I just wanted to ask a second ago about the idea that you know, he had voiced concerns about his own mental health, right? Had been committed according to language in the police bulletin to a mental health facility for weeks. How could someone that fits that profile still be in possession of semi-automatic weapons? Well, I do think that the statutes around firearms and the possession of those are pretty complex. I know that we'll, we will be reviewing that information as we move forward, but that's not an answer that we're prepared to give today. But that leads to motive. You're talking about behavioral health issues and how that impacts the situation. I would expect you'll hear back from us on that uh, in the future. Right here, yeah, I, I've got a question. Uh, we've seen helicopters as far north as uh, Long Beach. Can you tell us anything? Yeah, sure. So we have law enforcement assets that are deployed over a number of communities doing follow-ups on a number of different things. Uh, so as you can imagine, uh, there's a great deal of search warrants that we're following up on. We do have partners that helicopters from the New Hampshire State Police. That copter was here last night to assist us as well. Uh, so whether we have tactical elements out or we're searching an area, some of those uh, air assets would be very, very valuable. So that's what they're doing. We're not going to speak to what brings us to a specific community one way or the other. Yes, identifying the unidentified victims, um, what are people encouraged to do? Is there DNA being, you know, tested for family members who may have missing loved ones? Like, what is that? What's that approach? Yeah, so we did have a, a family uh, uh, a reunification center open last night. We do have behavioral health uh, liaisons that are fully engaged to work with families and work with loved ones. Uh, and work with victims, for that matter, that may be in a hospital and, and uh, seeking treatment. So those things are actively occurring. We are dealing with each one of those situations separately. So do we need DNA on that? Are we just waiting to, to find uh, a loved one, uh, some kind of family member that we can make a notification? I think that varies across the board. I'm going to take two more questions. Right here. I think we're always uh, concerned around motive. That you say triggering event, that's a motive for us. Uh, again, that's not something we're prepared to discuss uh, today, but I do appreciate the question. It's clearly something that's important. One, one additional follow-up from you. Can you help us understand why this location, why this, this bar, why this bowling alley? What are the I think that does speak to motive, so I appreciate the follow-up, but not something we're going to be prepared to answer today. I have one more question right here. Right here. Can you say, is hard to first off, well, we're actively searching for them. If I if I knew the answers to those questions, and uh, this would be a different press conference, I would uh, assume. So uh, we don't know his location. 
uh, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, and we are working with the Attorney General's office. So, so with that in mind, um, we're, we're done taking questions for now. So we are going to actually take off at this point. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Have there been any credible sightings? We've not really gotten any answers. Thank you. I would have liked to have known that last question. Are there any credible sightings? Um, that that would have definitely been a great question to have answered. Uh, to give some sort of update to to people in the area, to everybody who's you know keeping a close eye on this case. <sighs> so we have nine new updates. We'll go over real quick. 100% way to leave the public in the dark. Uh, all right, so let's see. Main shooter suspect multiple counts of murder, police say. City did not give, did not deserve this terrible assault, main governor says. Authorities still searching for person of interest. Three authorities still searching for person of interest, but they identified as Robert Card, who they Considered armed and dangerous. That's how I'm at the conference right now. Call 911. So we did confirm that it was 18 people. And it was, in fact, it doesn't sound like the Walmart distribution center was at all targeted. So I'm going to remove that from the list. So what do we have? We have the possibility of the mixer club that's still in place. We don't know if that's true or not. Supposedly that was on a scanner, right? And you have a spare time recreation center, which is a bowling alley and a bar and grill. Let's see. Let's see some. Just want to check one thing. I'm assuming that they have alcohol here. I'm not sure. And that's an assumption of mine. For those that live in the area, please let me know if that ends up being the case. If it does, that's a small but a possible connection between these three facilities. If these are all areas where people go by alcohol, social spots, definitely social spots, where a large amount of people will be congregating. So it's either going to be something against alcohol or that the he was looking for mass casualty going to these specific places because there was going to be a significant amount of people there. And if it's the mass casualty aspect of this, I mean, either way, it's, it's deranged. But I mean, this person is just, he's extremely, extremely dangerous and will, <clears throat> it doesn't matter who you are. 
out the, I don't know, imaginary looking for anyone who could probably plead for this manuscript. Possibly. I mean, with, with Daniel Cavalcante, didn't they have his mother, like his voice from a helicopter you know, being shot out to surrender, things like that? I wouldn't be surprised if, if they got maybe his kids to say something and, and throw it out as a recording. But these are the uh, the pick. We have one that's still a question mark, the Mixer Club. But the other points are accurate as far as what we know. 18 people have been who have lost their lives. An additional, I think it was 13 more who have been injured, which is a very small number compared to what we were receiving last night. 50 to 60 potential injuries. Now, maybe perhaps those injuries were not specifically related to the gunfire maybe perhaps somebody got trampled ran over uh persons got hit you know in, in vehicle accidents fleeing the scene you know are those maybe some of the injuries that they were talking about last night that aren't attributed to this specific event that he uh, are attributed specifically to him although i would have considered any injury involved uh due to or because of this incident to be a, a result of the incident his responsibility Right. I mean, even here, like if, for instance, you, you know, somebody were to go to a uh, business and commit a robbery and during the commission of that robbery, uh, you know, somebody falls down and gets hurt and their life passes, then you're responsible for that life. You know, or that injury, it ups the sentencing, it ups everything. What's going on, Tammy? Thank you. Welcome to being a new member. We'll probably be doing a members only live this weekend. I haven't done one. I've only done one, I think, for October. So we usually try to do two a month. We'll be doing one again at the end of the month. And we usually do some giveaways. We'll probably be doing a couple more. You know, some uh, some merch that we have. We have some some beanies. It's going to be pretty cold here pretty soon. So those will be back in season. We're giving away a few of those uh, this, this Saturday. Um, so this is what we know. We know that he had made threats to the Army Reserve in Saco, Maine, pretty far south of where they, uh, um, where these, this crime was committed, where all these crimes were committed. We know that one was committed in the north end of town and one on the south end of town. See, that, that would also go to my theory of mass casualty. Because if you attack the north end of town, you're going to have, like I mentioned earlier, uh, influx and a flooding of first responders to that area. Police officers, ambulances, fire department, all nine yards are going to be heading to this direction. If he comes down, and, and especially in an area that's this small, I'm assuming you're probably looking at maybe 12 to 13 officers on duty that night if, if there's no call-ins or people that are sick or vacations. So you're probably looking at maybe perhaps 11 units out there at the time prior to anything being called in. And, you know, you get a mass shooting in one area, everybody's going to be heading to that area, 100%. So that would give you an opportunity to head south if, again, the motive is mass casualty, to have, you know, that being a uh, quite a bit possibility with, law enforcement on the opposite end of town. Let's see. I would. I would. 
Oh, that is horrific. That's horrific if that's true. Does Youth Night at the Bowling Alley? Oh, man, that's horrific. That's what we know so far. There isn't any other new updates at this point. Oh, there's one. Let's see what it is. And it's the same thing. He's facing multiple counts of murder. Right now, it's eight. Expected to go up by ten more once the identity of those uh, individuals uh, that have passed have been identified. Uh, and their next of kin have been notified as well. Here's the timeline. So... Colonel William G. Ross of the Maine State Police on Thursday provided a timeline of events unfolded around Wednesday's mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine. Here's how he detailed it. October 25th, approximately 6.57, 6.56 p.m. Eastern, the Auburn Communications Center received a 911 call of male shooting in just-in-time or the Spare Time Recreational Center in the town of Lewiston. About 7.08, the Communications Center received multiple calls of an active shooter inside of Smiggy's Bar and Grill in Lewiston. So it was approximately what, like eight minutes later, or twelve minutes later. I'm sorry. At large, law enforcement responded from multiple surrounding agencies, assistant the Lewiston Police Department, trying to identify who the individual was and what was happening. As you can imagine, it's a very fast-paced, fast-moving, very fluid scene, very dangerous scene that these guys and girls were getting into. Ross said. So it happened at but just before seven, and then the other one happened just after seven. Pretty crazy. Have we seen his face somewhere else, or does he look like someone else? He looks familiar for some reason. Maybe. I mean, if you, if you subscribe to the theory that, you know, somebody's ears lower than their eyes is a sign of something. You know, if you go and look at, like, for instance, BTK, ears lower than his eyes. Brian Koberger, ears lower than his eyes. Long Island serial killer, ears lower than his eyes. His ears are lower than his eyes. I mean, I'm not saying that that's an automatic, hey, that guy is... You know, something to look at, but apparently, I think it was in some sort of serial killer book uh, that this was, I don't know, some sort of indication. If you subscribe to that, I'm not necessarily sure I do. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to go through it. I hope I uh, pub giant says. All right. So drunk turkey show from the bowling alley owner on Facebook. One woman, two men were, whose lives were taken at the bowling alley. A woman, the woman died trying to call 911. Man died trying to protect children. Third man dying died trying to take down the gunman. 
Info is coming straight from the Bowling Alley owner. That's horrific. Man, that's horrific. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just, shouldn't be happening. Should not be happening. Like I said, I mean, you can see that he's got obviously something in his pockets, probably more magazines for this weapon. That looks like a wheel. Oh, that's not a stroller. This is definitely 100% preventable. Interesting, I didn't know that. Ears, ears lower than eyes can point to genetic disorders and developmental delays. It's something that is looked for in a newborn exam. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. men survived but took many bullets trying to protect children. Can I put on the flat radar? Uh, email me where that can be found. I've never done that. Email is show at gmail.com. Okay, good. That's a cart with balls on it. All right, good. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I saw, uh, I mean, I got a newborn, so everything kind of terrified me a little bit. No, you know, the only idea that I can come up with, in my opinion, is, I mean, the the line of travel kind of points like he's heading home, in my opinion. You know, he's, he's coming from North Lewiston, South Lewiston, and Lisbon, and he resides just east of that. It appears like he's going home, uh, and... This is where I believe his vehicle is found at this boating uh, ramp off of the highway. And if that ends up being the case, you have, well, you have all this area that he could walk through and, and get behind. Or he probably, I mean, there's a trail right here, walking trail. That goes. Still, oh, that's a railroad track. So, I mean, there's a railroad track there too that he can that he can follow as well. Let me see where this trail ended. These tracks. All right, so here's where the trail heads off and comes back. I assume it ends somewhere around here, but there's a railroad tracks along this way. They're running close to the water, away from any cameras or, or any of those things. 
may have popped out here at the Riverfront Event Center. I'd still follow the railroad tracks if I was him or hide somewhere around here and then get back near them. Still by right here, across the road. Right about right here is where I would cross the road, follow this trail right here between the trees to get to Little River. Follow the Little River until you get close enough, probably to this area that looks kind of like a maze. Come down this direction and then cross right through the um, this wooded forested area in between where his house is at. What's going on, Nancy? Uh, I, I don't, I'd love to, I've never used it before. If you guys don't mind emailing it to me, I'd appreciate that. And, and I can um, figure out how, how it works. The flight helicopter uh, deal. I'm gonna put my email on real quick, just make sure I'm not. I haven't missed anything yet. You only see one helicopter in the ra Where more or less do you think it's at? Flight radar 24. Let me see what that. Oh, this is interesting. Let me pull this up over here. I mean, these look well, there's some smaller planes. <laughs> I hit the wrong lose button. Apparently, I went to the state. Let's see. Connecticut, Philadelphia, Boston. And I was right there. I lost it. One second. You're probably making fun of me about my geography where this is at. Uh, it's uh, just north of this town.
Uh, let me see what you guys are saying. And 38BZ. Open right. Let's see. I just saw one of them. This is me. You would think that it was it's one of the bigger ones, cities that it would show up here pretty quickly. In Portland, maybe top one. This one over here. Let me go back over here. Where's that like it? Oops, you have it. Find Portland on the coast and move up. All right, cool. Let's see if I can find I wish this thing had like a, hey, just put it in this town and you'll find it. Let's see. Oh, here it is. What is that? All right, where this thing is showing. My bad, y'all. My bad. This is completely new to me. All right, so they have this thing circling around. Where is this? Lewiston Academy to the far left. Hudson Farm Conservation. South as Main Turnpike. And now it's circling Lewiston. Nothing over here where this vehicle was found. Nothing over here where this home is at. Thank you, Bella. We appreciate that. $5 super student. Oh, awesome. I was waiting for <laughs> She's taking care of the baby, too, while she was at work. Yeah, I was doing this. But I was ready to go in case she woke up. All right. 
So that plane came from just north of Boston. Well, it seems like they're circling this Lewiston area. Yeah, this seems to be the only helicopter in the area. I mean, it looks like it's around here, the Thornburg or the Thorn Craig Bird Sanctuary. Oh, no, the Thornburg Sanctuary is to the right. This is right next to the river. I don't know. Unless there's some sort of like, um, unless there's some sort of tip that he's back in this area, it's pretty far away from where he left his vehicle at. What do y'all think? Oh, geez. No, I didn't hear that. Marie says, did you hear about the interview with the mom and daughter who were at the at the location and hiding the children? The little girl was hit in the arm but safe. So, yeah, I had read somewhere that, you know, my, my children were, were injured or hurt. That, that seems to be completely wrong. And given the fact that it was youth night at the uh, bowling alley, like you're targeting kids. Like what the hell do they do to you or to anything that, you know, that could activate your PTSD or something? It just doesn't make any sense to me. They get one into the river by boat. It's possible. I mean, if you had a boat, and then he would head back towards town. If if this helicopter that is circling this area is uh, is searching for this guy, but this is the um, I don't even know. Yeah, it is the news station. I believe could be wrong. I don't know if that's what this thing means up in the left. Private owner. I don't know. But thank you guys for showing me this flight radar 24 thing. I had no, I've seen people use something similar to this or this program exactly. Um, however, I, I never I didn't know where it was from. That's scary. A medical update is being given now. Where is that being given at? Boston sent a, cho a chopper last night. Is there a way to look back in time on this?
What is this? You know, we'll listen to this. Robert Card and his family. Can you tell us anything you know about the person of interest in these shootings? Well, I grew up about half a mile or half mile away. Bowdoin is a very interesting community. There's kind of like a center hub near the school and the town and the town um, um, store, excuse me. And um, and then you have like West Bowdoin, but they all interconnect around the school and the town store. And I just happen to live near there. And the family complex, it's basically a compound there. The family and Robert, they're all gun fanatics. They are, <laughs> they, for all intents and purposes, are very much associated with right-wing militias. It's known in the town to stay away from them and to not approach them. If you see them, you just turn around and walk away. Um, I remember going to the town store when I was a kid about, oh gosh, around 12, 14. And um, I remember very vividly, it's just been the image that's been kind of going ahead and around in my head is um, I'm going to the store and there's a way station there for deer. So he had just killed a deer with his buddies and the deer was hanging and blood was dripping on the ground from the deer. And he was covered in blood with a gun on his back with a giant grin on his face. And they were all smoking cigarettes and drinking their morning coffee and like praising each other. And it, it, also they would shoot guns all the time. Like you could hear them every day after that you grew up near. Uh, it sounds like this guy has some sort of agenda. I understand that there is, you know, a serious incident that is occurring but this guy completely is just going completely political with his entire speech you know starting off with talking about he's a right-wing guy everybody knew that gun fanatic i mean possibly but then going you know the hunting thing the grin and, and associating hunting with mass murder is um it's not comparable my man it, it really isn't and you know I understand you might have some other ideas or views, but let's keep it on topic about the victims and their families and the fact that this guy is still at large without trying to influence anybody with your political ideology. I, I didn't like it. It didn't seem like it was somebody who was coming out talking about concern. This seemed like this guy was trying to get a message out. I don't like her. Let's see. It's an unfortunate situation, 100 uh, percent. You know, and you know, I, I hope they find this guy, uh, and I hope justice is served swiftly. You know, uh, do I hope that they uh, take this man's life? No, I think that there should be, you know, in a perfect ideal situation, he would be arrested, tried, convicted, and, and punished for his crimes. Do I think that's going to be the outcome in this situation? Probably not. But you know, I've been wrong before. I didn't think that Daniel Calcante was going to be a, um, you know, was going to be caught alive. I thought that guy was, especially after he had acquired a firearm, I thought that guy was definitely going to be somebody who's um, who wasn't coming out alive. And then we find out a couple of days later he is. So, the, the, you know, there is that possibility there.
He was slaving the whole family. Lots of Mainers hunt. It's not comparable. 100%. 100%. It, it is not comparable. And, you know, that just made, that was just as this, not as, well, that just was sickening as well. It's not comparable to what Carr did or any of those things, but that's also sickening as well, just to try to compare the two things. It's, it's not good. It's not the same. Maybe I heard some truth. Uh, no, 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 I don't know about that aspect. You know, I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm not the biggest gun supporter that is out there. You know, I'm not. You know, when it comes to me and the guys from the show, I'm in Big Blue. They're they're a lot more aligned with um, you know guns and, and freedoms and stuff like that. When it comes to guns, I, I'm not necessarily there. In fact, I'm probably the one that tells everybody out of my group of guys that I don't think guns should be as um, available or free or any of those things but at the same time you know i don't want to i know the difference between you know um blaming hunting and stuff like that with something that this guy did completely different completely different let's see Smiling, smoking cigarettes with his friends. Yeah, it, it just like I said, it, it it came up to me disgusting and more of a, a push of ideological ideology, political ideas, and it's not the time, man. You know, eighteen people just lost their lives, thirteen more are in, are in the hospital injured. We're just finding out that children were also injured. You know, you can make your political statement and stuff like that. You know, after this guy has been arrested and, and and in the appropriate way, you know, I'm all about doing things at the appropriate time and, and, you know, having your freedoms of speech and beliefs and stuff like that. And if this guy believes, you know, you shouldn't have guns or hunting or any of those things, I mean, this is belief. What do you, you know, I also shame the news company for putting that out there at this point, at this time, while this guy's still at large, like, Let's focus our efforts in finding out some more information about who this guy is so that people can be aware of the dangers that are out there as far as direction. I don't know what happened there. I guess I got too too real for for YouTube, and they jumped me off of there. <laughs> uh, I'm back though. I'm back. Um, like I was saying, I was I was just speaking about about this, and you know, everybody has their moment and their time to to speak up about certain things. And I think that there's an appropriate time, and there's not an appropriate time. And you know, I don't think right now is the appropriate time. We should mo focus our attention. And especially those on mainstream media is they should have focused their attention on apprehending this guy and getting information out there to people in the area so that they know that they're protected and know when they're safe and know what to be on the lookout for 
know where this guy has potentially, you know, been known to associate with who he's associated with in the past, um, where he's hung out at, you know, if he is a hunter, where has he gone hunting at? What tracks are, 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 are he familiar with? Like that is important information to get out to the public. You know, if you live near or around one of these hunting tracks that he, um, he was, he's familiar with and you're a hunter and you're going out there and you're unaware that this person is out in your area or this person is familiar with your area and you're out there just, you know, doing your, you know, about to go hunting or on on the track and this guy approaches you and you don't know who he is, or you don't think that this is the guy that has committed this heinous shooting. And he takes your life because, you know, he takes you out by surprise. I mean, that's, that's, I think that should be the focal point right now. Let's get the right information out to the right people. And we can worry about the political stuff and, and, and people's beliefs in one way or the other after the fact, once this guy has been apprehended. Let's see. 100%. It's time to come together and support their loved ones. It's, it's not a time to be separated. People won't feel safe until he's caught 100%. And that's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on him getting caught. Um, you know, the information about him is so limited. You know, I, if, if I had the resources and and the ability to talk to law enforcement and to family members or people that live nearby or, or friends that were close to this guy, the, the questions that I would ask would be more or less, you know, where is he familiar with? Where does he go? Does he know this wooded area? Have you ever seen pictures of him in that area? Is there a fishing creek nearby that he goes and fishes that nobody knows about? And I'd be airing those things out, not the opinions of somebody who lived in the town over who has this uh, political idea. It's just my opinion, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. They need to find a Mesa. Um, <laughs> am I wearing a Raider hat? Uh, it is not a Raider hat. In fact, I, I outside of doing YouTube for the Drunk Turkey Show, you can find me covering the Pittsburgh Steelers on State of the Steelers and Steel Curtain Network. <laughs> just real quick promotion for my other YouTube stuff. In fact, that's actually what I did prior or mostly when it came to um, YouTube and content creation. I started off talking about football and sports. I actually cover the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, for Steel Curtain Network, which is part of FFSN, Fans for Sports Network. Uh, I'll be actually at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game Thursday night against the Titans. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, if you guys are interested in finding my other content it's at state of the steelers that's where i do like film breakdown reviews on on steelers and and then still current network i come out on mondays and fridays on the audio side so check it out <laughs> yep afton sure does she's a huge steelers fan as well yeah i'm a, I'm a diehard fan i'm a diehard fan but i i try to be real you know when it comes to everything whether it's sports when it comes to you know, true crime or anything like that. I try to be based neutrally and objective and in logic 
and evidence. So everything that I kind of point to is evidentiary. Um, you know, do I hear certain things from certain places that have no evidence to? Yeah, of course. Do I put that stuff out there? Usually not. Um, you know, if somebody comes up to me and, you know, like we've had in similar situations where somebody is from an area and they are close to in proximity and location wise to a, a crime and they come forward with some evidence and they can prove who they are, we'll talk to them. But if the information comes out to be either wrong or misleading or any of those things, then we'll take it down. Uh, but for the most part, our majority of our stuff is based in evidence. Welcome, Debbie. Welcome. Welcome. There you go. Steelers fan comes in clutch with the state of the Steelers um, to get, get on there. This is true. FFSN has a great Raiders uh, channel on YouTube and on uh, the audio side only. So go check them out. Little plug in there. But uh, that's going to be it for me for right now, guys. I will be coming on a little bit later. Brian Koberger has a trial today. We'll be covering that. And then tomorrow we're covering the Richard Allen case and Delphi and Brian Koberger case. We're going to have a retired CSI investigator on the show. His name is Steve. He's from True Crime Web, uh, has over 20 years experience in law enforcement and crime scene investigating. We're going to break down the Richard Allen crime scene. We're going to break down the Brian Koberger crime scene tomorrow night. That's going to be happening at 7.35 p.m. Central. Don't want to miss it. Hit that like, hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell. We'll be also covering this case here and as soon as this guy gets apprehend, apprehended or there is more news to break we'll be coming back live on it as well so you don't want to miss it i'll be back in a couple hours y'all be back peace <laughs>